So we're talking about gifts today. I don't know what the what is the best gift somebody ever got for you, if you were to think back over your life and your birthdays and events and Christmases. What's the best gift? I remember uh, driving home. I forget if it was my anniversary or my birthday, but there was a motorcycle sitting in my driveway, an old one, a rusty one. And, and I thought, as I'm pulling in, that's for me. That's my motorcycle. And I, I'm thinking, which of my friends... Put this thing in the driveway for me. This is a fantastic gift. It was my wife. She wasn't even on my thought of who would be buying me such a wonderful gift. But she got me the motorcycle. And I I just was so amazed at how did you even get it to the house? I don't even, and it's because it didn't run. And it it didn't ever run. But but I didn't care. That was the point wasn't that it ran. The point was that it had potential. And... It was so fun. It was the best gift ever. I was so blown away with her um, being able to pull that off. The best gift I ever bought somebody or that best idea for a gift was, um, you know, when Pastor Jack was retiring, like after 35 years of ministry here at the church, you know, what do you get him? Do we get him a fancy painting or a lamp or something like that? Like, let's get Jack a gun. And we... And I know people have different views about uh, guns and things. He really needed it because he kept borrowing his son-in-law's gun with critters up in Maine. It's a long story. But we got him this, uh, we presented it to him, and he was totally uh, surprised, and it was just a wonderful gift, and he still uses it. And um, I thought that was just really cool, and he was totally surprised. So... Um, there is a great joy both in receiving a perfect, you know, just the perfect gift and, uh, and also in giving gifts. And we're thinking about that today. God gives, is a God who gives gifts to his, to his children. And the same joy that we get when we find that perfect gift for someone, the God of the universe, when he gifts you, he just wants you to open it up and use it. And he is just as excited. So today we're talking about finding and using our spiritual gifts. And this is part of a sermon series that we kick off today called SHAPE, the acronym SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. The first letter S is for spiritual gifts. Sort of introduced this last week at our outdoor service, which was fantastic and beautiful. And so many people showed up and helped out. It was just a great, praise God, just a great time. Um, Just a great tradition and Anyway, you kind of introduced this idea that we're not just saved. God doesn't just save us from something. He saves us from, from death and from hell and from destruction. But he saves us for something. That we are, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, that we are God's workmanship. We are God's handiwork, his poema in Greek, his, this beautiful uh, artistic creation that he's made us to be. To do good works. And the good works that he's created us for, we express that by serving. We, we, use, uh, the, we have these, all these good things uh, that, we, that we, God has prepared us for. We, we serve one another. We serve our world. Therefore, servanthood is core to our identity in Jesus Christ. And of course, Jesus Christ, he said, uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' whole purpose of coming to this world was to serve and to give. And Jesus later, uh, very famously, he washed his disciples' feet. 
And he said, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash. You also should wash one another's feet. It's his whole example. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're following a servant and we are following to serve. So it's not really an option. As we grow in Jesus and as we mature in Christ, we know it more and more. Christian maturity is not an end in itself. Maturity is for ministry. We mature in Christ so that we serve and love excellently. If you want to know what a mature Christian looks like, you're not going to ask them all that they know about Jesus. You're going to see how they are serving in Jesus' name. Uh, Maturity will lead to ministry. So beyond an obligation that we have to serve uh, as followers of Jesus, it's a joy. It brings us life. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren, who we, this whole shape notion, he sort of kind of started that acronym, and we we really looked at it as a church 17 years ago when we were uh, reading one of his books. Um, But he said, we're only fully alive when we're serving others. And that's true. And Jesus said, if you want to gain life, if you want to be fully alive, you're going to give your life away for my sake. And that's what, that's what this is all about. We're fully alive when we're serving others. And this is perfect timing. I was talking to a friend at the men's breakfast yesterday. He said, you know, my wife and I, um, we, we, we were talking to each other. We said, we don't, even, we don't feel like ourselves right now. And they were trying to figure out. And they realized it's because they weren't serving together. They had gone basically a whole year. And some of the great ways that they had served together just weren't available for them because of the season we've been in. And they just felt less fully alive. Uh, Serving is so foundational to how God has designed us. So for some people, really, the gifts that God has given them to serve others have really been put on a shelf for a season, and that's not good. Um, We need to, to use them. So the timing of this for us as a community is very good. And so we're going to look at spiritual gifts here this morning. Okay, I want to give, before we do that, because these are gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want to give a little background on the Holy Spirit of God. Secondly, I want to consider what is a spiritual gift, and then lastly, you know, what do we do with them? How do we, uh, what are some keys to, to using our gifts well? Let's pray. Father God, it's with, it's with a lot of joy, and it's with a lot of um, satisfaction that we gather and we worship you and we learn from your word and we seek to be a people we seek to be a a body a spiritual family that follows you that is built up in you and that gives you glory and we want to know this is so core lord what we look at today so core to our identity so core to how you have made us um, that this lord we just ask humbly that you help us with all of your heavenly wisdom to understand it and to live it. So may that be during this time, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the, a little background on the Holy Spirit. Again, last week we looked at this Ephesians 2 passage that says, you know, you were dead in your sins and transgressions, but because of God's great mercy, he made us alive, that we, God has provided a way for us to move from a spiritual death to a spiritual life, through the work of Jesus Christ. And when that happens, when you put your faith in what he's done and you follow Jesus, you 
have the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That is, it's, that's God's deal. He, the way the Bible describes that is as a deposit. It's sort of the down payment. Um, 2 Corinthians says God has put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Um, it's, you know, Jesus, when he was teaching about the Holy Spirit, this is before his followers had really experienced and were uh, filled with his Holy Spirit. He said, look, I'm going to leave you, but when I leave you, the Spirit's going to come. The Spirit is going to comfort you and teach you and lead you to the truth and empower you. And sure enough, Jesus, he, he went, he left this earth, and his Holy Spirit came. And empowered and filled his followers. And it was, it was, this is the mark of the, the Christian life. That you are sealed. That deposit's been made. Therefore, receiving the Holy Spirit is not a subsequent event to coming to faith in Jesus Christ. When you come to faith, you are sealed with that Spirit. It's all one and the same. There are some Christian traditions that teach that there's this moment of uh, ex- experiencing God's grace and, uh, and following Jesus. And then at some future point, you get the Holy Spirit. We do not teach that because that would contradict the clear teaching of Scripture that we receive the Spirit as that deposit and that that Spirit is... That's how we even know that we are God's children, is that we have God's Spirit within us. Now, our experience of the Holy Spirit might vary over time. I believe that Christians might have very intense experiences of God's Holy Spirit in their life, and that is not always sort of a level thing. You might experience that in acute ways or in more common ways, but the Holy Spirit is there with us. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is give gifts from God to us. 1 Corinthians 12.7 says, Now to each one, to each believer... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Once once God's Spirit gifts you, you are operating on a totally different level. Remember, you've gone, God has brought you from spiritual death to spiritual life. You are now a spiritual person who has spiritual power that others do not have apart from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, again, the Apostle Paul writing, uh, this is what he says here. He says, this is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Cannot, Cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit the person with the spirit makes judgment about all things so look you've been brought from this spiritually dead to spiritual life and now you are operating and thinking and speaking on a spiritual level and that part of that is power from god gifts from god that you're going to use that you can use for god's glory to build others up you're on that plane now So that begs the question for every person sitting in this room, is that me? Have I, am I operating on that spirit-empowered level or or not? And if you're not sure the answer to that question, I strongly encourage Alpha. Now, I call a foul on the Alpha video. 
because they said, what is alpha? The search. And then this guy was doing a front flip. I don't think anybody did a, has ever done a front flip at alpha. Um, but you do eat good food, and you do have good conversation, and you explore um, what it means to follow Christ. And have I put my faith in him? How can I be sure of that? And how can I know that God has given me his spirit? And um, especially if your experience of, of faith in God and your experience of the Holy Spirit is, you feel like maybe it's not, is, it, is mine not intense enough? Or uh, is it, it has never been overwhelming? Or these kind of things. How can I be sure? Because I don't believe that you have to have these overwhelming and intense experiences, but there is a, there is a peace and a confidence that God gives through his spirit. So that's just a little bit of the... I say those things up front because without God's spirit, all the rest of what I'm about to say is it just makes no sense and you'll never experience it. We need to know God. We need to be brought to that life. And then we can explore spiritual gifts. Secondly here. So uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters... I, don't, I do not want you to be uninformed. So look, if you're a follower of Jesus, we need to learn about these things. We need to know them and experience them. So what is a, what is a spiritual gift? Using the uh, definition from Pastor Eric Reese, who's written a lot about this, he said, says, a spiritual gift is a God-given special ability given to every believer by the Holy Spirit to share God's love and to strengthen the body of Christ. I'll read that again. It's a God-given special ability given to every believer by the Holy Spirit to share God's love and to strengthen the body of Christ. That means it's different than just your natural abilities. Now, some people, we use the word gifted. They're just very gifted. They have a lot of talents or abilities. We're going to look at that in a couple weeks because God wants to use that too. But this is a special gift that you didn't have before and you didn't have the power um, that God gives you to live it. And all of a sudden, there's, a, there's, there's this new power. And people experience it. People will say, you know, I didn't even like these other people, these Christians, but once, I, uh, once God's Spirit came in my life, I actually loved these people. Or I, was never, I would never talk about God with other people. Now I find myself sharing about God with other people, and people are responding to that. Or I'm praying and things are happening and, and people are being healed and there's, there's new power in this. And people, you know, I never thought I'd be that guy and now I am that guy. And it's a, it's a, it's a change. But it's not, it's more about the result of the action that you do. You know, where... One person might be just a really good teacher. They're really articulate. But somebody else might have the spiritual gift of teaching. And they may not come across as uh, smooth or articulate as someone else. But for some reason, people just absorb it and understand. Because God's spirit is using that gift of teaching in a more powerful way. Now, again, it might line up with your natural abilities. It might very much, a lot of overlap between these things. Uh, but, it's, but it's more than that. The key to our spiritual gifts is that they're for serving. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various 
forms. It is something that you use to serve others. Therefore, a spiritual gift is a gift that you give to someone else. It's not a gift that's for you necessarily. I think about when my kids were little and we go to Learning Express. I miss the Learning Express back here. It was sad the day they tore it down. It was really cool watching them tear it down, but it was also really sad. The actual process of when they demoed the building. Whatever. So we'd go to, we'd go to Learning Express, and my son or daughter had been invited to a birthday party, and they needed to bring a gift. So we'd go to Learning Express, we'd pick out a gift, but it was never my child's gift. I was the source. I, had, I paid for it. It was my, I am the author of the gift. So in the analogy, I'm like, God, in the, in the analogy. <laughs> so I have the power to get the gift, and I give it to my son, who brings it to the party to give to someone else. He's just, it, it's never for him to, um, to have, but to bless someone else. But he loves this whole process. And enjoys it. And, and I do too. And it, the focus is not on the deliverer of the gift. If you think of the words we use to describe some of these spiritual gifts. Healing. Encouraging. Teaching. You know, the one who has the gift isn't the one who's healed or encouraged or taught. There's another recipient. It's a gift that you give. And therefore, it's not really about you who, have, who God has gifted. It's really about him as the source and about the one who is blessed. And yet there's a goodness that we experience as we live this way. So we don't need to be bashful because it's not about you. If you feel that God has given you a gift, use it and use it big. And if you don't use the gift that God has given you, somebody else is being cheated. Look at verse 5 here in our scripture that was read for us. It says, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And we all have different gifts. Each member belongs to all the others. Therefore, you know, if you're not using your gift, I mean, other people have a right to your gifts. Because we belong to each other. And we all have these different gifts. It's almost like they have a claim on your gift. Because God has designed it that you would use it to bless others and build them up. That's where every now and then I'll hear somebody say, you know, I, I love Jesus, but I, I, I don't like organized religion. You know, I just kind of do my thing. I'm a spiritual person, but I don't like organized religion. Like, I get what you're saying, um, but and I get it. it's annoying that a, 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 a local church is an organization or churches are part of a hierarchy of organizations. It's just, I, I get it. That's not as appealing as you know being connected to spiritually to jesus but we must be committed to one another as a body we need to gather as a church because in order for this to work we belong to one another and there's a diversity of gifts that we need each other it's not just a solo pursuit that you're just spiritual out there in the world on your own but we are indeed a body so for spiritual gifts to work really in the context of a community and a body. And that is what we are. And so, okay, so how do we do this? How do we, how do we position ourselves and, and start living this way of life? 
Uh, I give credit to Pastor Dan for this, shared this at the men's breakfast yesterday and with his uh, shape class. But really, Romans 12, it's about centering our lives on Jesus Christ. And therefore, we are in a position to know and to use our spiritual gifts. Look at Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is a, a, a new way of life, a new pattern of life, where we no longer conform to the pattern of the world, but we're being transformed by God. Um, then, so describing, this is a whole way of life. You're, you're like a sacrifice, but a living sacrifice, which is this profound concept, but then immediately starts teaching about spiritual gifts. So what does it look like to live as a living sacrifice? It's about living out your spiritual gifts, using your gifts for others. That's what the transformed life looks like. Three keys. One is humility, verse 3. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Um, oh, let's keep going. Verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not, do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We've got to have humility to say, look, we're all different. God has gifted us differently. We, I think sometimes we compare ourselves to others and we either feel inferior. Oh, God didn't gift me like someone else. Or, um, or, or why aren't other people stepping up like I am? But we all have different gifts. And it takes a lot of humility to recognize that we're a body. And if even the smallest part of our body isn't functioning right, we, it just kind of throws off the whole system. So, you know, we, want, we need to avoid comparing to one another. And also, if you're gifted in something and someone else isn't, it's really easy to be frustrated in them. If you have the, the spiritual gift of administration, which is one that the Bible describes, and you keep things organized and uh, lined up, and somebody else you're working with does not have the gift of administration, it's easy to be really frustrated with those people. Trust me. The, it is... Um, but we do that. We expect everybody else will be, you know, well, if this is easy for me because God's empowering you to do it. And you need to do it with all your heart, but not expect everyone else to be uh, just as, you know, you know, wonderful as you. You need humility. Uh, that's the first key. The second key is exercise. Um, this great verse as Paul is encouraging uh, his young um, partner in ministry Timothy, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. You know, that God's gifts to us are like this little spark, and we just need to fan it and use it and let it, let it burst into flame. So that's why verse 6 here says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. Just use your gift. Just do something with it. And then watch that thing as you fan that flame, watch it grow and become warm. And not just exercise it, but go big, you know, into verse 8. You know, give generously, lead diligently, show mercy cheerfully. Do the thing you do and just do it with all your heart. Just go for it. God's empowered you to do it. 
So just get out there and do it. Just act in faith. Just try stuff. You know, and I think as people want to discover their spiritual gifts, there's great um, inventories and little tests you can take. Um, I've never really found those super helpful personally. It, it's like watching a, you watch a baseball game. Like, I wonder what position I'd be good at. You know, the shortstop is so quick and agile, but, you know, maybe I've got a good arm like a pitcher. Or I'd like to gear up with all the catcher stuff and just sit there and, um, you know, catch the game. I don't know. Well, you'll never know unless you get on the field, put on the mask, and, and you know, actually try to catch a pitch. We just got to get out there and do that. So the question I like to ask about spiritual gifts is, how has God used me in the past? Because if God's used you in the past in your life, if you could think of a time, you know what, God used me in a way for someone else, you're probably pretty close to where your spiritual gift is. Because that's how God uses us. Um, You may have been exercising a spiritual gift without even knowing it. So you can, you know, it's good to learn more about it and try to discover them, but just try things and you can see how God uses you. So humility, exercise, and lastly, love. Everywhere there's teaching on spiritual gifts in Scripture, there's teaching about love. Um, The next verse in this passage here would be, love must be sincere. Um, That famous teaching on spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is followed immediately by 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter in the Bible. Um, Ephesians 4 talks about spiritual gifts. Um, Also talks about love, um, the body being built up in love. 1 Peter 4, above all, love each other deeply in the context of spiritual gifts. It's all about just loving other people. And if I love people, then I want to just, just kind of give them the best gifts. And the best gifts I have are the, one that, the ones that God has given me to give to them. Always love. And of course, Jesus, the ultimate servant, loved us ultimately, even to giving his life on the cross for us to bring us that new life. And now flowing from him, we serve, and we serve in love. We serve in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's it. The the cool thing here is uh, this notion of living our lives as a living sacrifice. You know, uh, offering our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. You take your body with you everywhere you go. God is gifting you, and you can use it everywhere you go. You have a gift, and we need to use it. Um, It's not too late to jump on board the shape class that uh, Pastor Dan is teaching on Thursday nights. Uh, It's all online and it's very easy uh, to, it's not too late to jump in uh, because we're going to, we're just going to continue to discover and to explore. And they they have some really great spiritual gift teaching and inventory that we can catch you up on. Um, Not too late to join in on that, but we're going to be, we're going to be a community that gets out there to serve one another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, you're the best gift giver, God, and we, we, just, we just thank you for the life that we have in you, that you've brought us into this new spiritual level where you empower us, and I just pray that you be glorified to see us just use it, and just to use it with all of our hearts, and just to try, um, and to, um, to see, Lord, recognizing how you've used us and how you desire to use us in our world, Lord. Give us, we pray that you just continue to empower us, 
Give us the humility and the love to, to press into this, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.